very special treat for you. Rarely do we have guest speakers here, not because I like my own voice, because I just like y'all. <laughs> so I like, it's just, I, I'm doing what I'm called to do, and I love you. And But uh, rarely do we bring somebody in. So when we do, I want to bring somebody special to you, somebody that, that will help you and minister to you and touch your heart. And today's one of those kind of days. And we have a very special friend in San Antonio. Uh, they pastor, they help pastor a church called North Rock Church on the north side. Uh, just on, you've seen their church on 1604 and, and 281. An amazing building, an amazing move of God that they helped plant almost 10 years ago. I told our team this morning, when you take a risk for God, when you when you step out in faith, you it's it's not just a blind kind of faith. Rarely will God go, hey, I'm going to let you, you know, I want you to do something nobody's ever done before. It's, you know, it's totally unique. Most of the time, it's a calculated risk, and you and the calculation has two sides. The equation has two sides. The first is that I can trust God with this risk, that God can God can be trusted. He's dependable. The second is that some I've seen God do this for somebody else. Let me give you a for instance. If you need God to heal your body, like if you're sick today and you need you need to know God as a healer, I want you. To, I can testify God has healed my body. If God's ever healed you physically, would you raise your hand and say, God's healed me? Now look around. That testimony encourages you to believe God for healing. So when Brandy and I looked to plant City Hills Church, we were in Austin, Texas, about an hour away from here at a great church, a life-giving church. We had just had two babies. So we went 10 years and didn't think we could have kids. And then we had two babies fairly close together. Come on, somebody. Now I make her sleep in the guest room where y'all had, you know. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And we had two small babies. That's real. We had two small babies, and we had a good job. And Zach had a good salary. And I felt God's call to plant a church. And being the woman of faith my wife is, I had sort of heard from God like, like we're talking about. And my wife's such a woman of faith. I went to her and said, baby, here's what I think God's called us to do. And she was like, no, I think you ate Taco Bell really late at night. God did not tell us that. Go, but You better go pray some more. And so we did. And then she came to me and said, I think God's called us to do this. So we started looking around. When you take this you know, risk for God, what are you going to do? And one of the churches that we had been in relationship with for a time now had been North Rock. And I had seen the miraculous move of God that, that they had stewarded. Literally starting just like us with nothing, parachuting into San Antonio and seeing God raise a remarkable church that not only changes the city, but they're changing the world. And, and so we had sort of, you know, been in relationship with them and, and, and they kind of knew our journey. And so we just jumped both feet in. You know, we left our job. We bought a house here. I have no idea if my mortgage girl is in this room today. I don't know why you gave me a mortgage. I was jobless. I had no money. I have no idea how I bought a house. So we bought a house, and we had no money, and Brandy and I, we had wrote the first check to put into the bank for City Hills Church. It was 50 bucks. We had to do it to open up the checking account. My board of directors knew kind of where we were, and we were just believing God. It was December of 2015, and we were we had bought a house. We were about to move. We were going to celebrate Christmas in Austin with our babies, and that's all that we had in the house was like our Christmas tree and some gifts, and, that, and then we were moving here. And we didn't have a plan, y'all. We didn't know none of y'all. You hear me? We didn't have a plan except we were going to trust God. And I remember driving on 1604, one of the trips we were taking into the city to kind of scope out where we would be meeting and praying for you and meeting some of you. We were on 1604, and my phone rang, and it was Pastor Matt Martin from North Rock Church. When you're a church planter and another church planter calls you, you answer. 
because he's either about to give up or you're about to give up, and y'all going to encourage one another in this moment. So, so I picked the I picked the phone up, and he says in so many words, "Hey, at the end of the year, we we want to be extra generous, just like you are with your legacy giving. At the end of the year, we want to give to missions in a in a big way and make a big difference. Is there a mailing address I could mail?" a missions check to City Hills Church. What he didn't know that Brandy knew, she's on the phone going, what are we doing? Why are we? I had already taken the exit to his church, somebody. You understand what I'm telling you? <laughs> like sometimes when God answers, you just go, I'm going to go ahead of it just in case. You know what I'm trying to say? So I took the exit. I said, you ain't got to mail it nowhere. I'll be in your office in two minutes. Long story short to tell you that that first month, this church existed in my family was taken care of because of their generosity. You're here today because they believed in you before they ever met you, everybody. They believed in this church before they ever met you. And they are phenomenal leaders. He and his wife both serve on the pastoral team there at North Rock Church, have built an amazing move of God. Would you stand to your feet all over the place and honor me by honoring my friend? Would you put your hands together, everybody, for Pastor Matt Martin? All right, all right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Mitch. You guys can be seated. Thank you. It is my honor and my privilege to be here today to be a part of this amazing church and having uh, been privileged to see it from, from day one, before day one, and uh, get to see what all God is doing. And, and uh, you guys are uh, just, a, you're an answer to prayer. You're, you're on the front seat or you're in the front seat and getting to see what God is doing. And, and it is, uh, it's, it's, it's my privilege and my honor to be here today. Have my wife Jennifer and my youngest son Brady with me, and I'm glad that they are made the journey with me. And the truth be told is, um, and is that I I get to do what I do because of my amazing wife. And if they if they they fire me, she leaves, and they don't want her to leave, so they keep her around. And um, so that's why I just get to tag along. But it's uh, it's it's been an incredible ride, and and along this ride you. You, you develop friendships and, and acquaintances become closer and, and people that you pass on, on at, you know, just various places in life become, become more integrated and, and your lives literally collide. And I would believe that's, that's kind of the story between our life and Pastor Mitch and Brandy and their family. And, and we are so blessed. And, you know, I don't know if I should say this publicly, but, you know, we, we all have it. You, know, you got your top three, top five people that you like. And, you know, when you think of them, you know, you kind of smile a little bit. And you're like, yeah, you know, I just, I just like them uh, for a lot of reasons uh, because some people are just unlikable. But, but some people, you just like them. And, and um, I want to tell you, Pastor Mitch and Brandy, they're on the top of our, they're, they're probably in our top three list. And there are days we'll be driving down the road, Jennifer and I. And we'll just pick up the phone. It's like, we, we just need to talk to Pastor Mitch. We just need a good laugh. And I can guarantee you this, within the first 10 seconds of him saying hello, we are about to wreck our car laughing so hard. And it's just an amazing friendship. And uh, love what God is doing here and the leadership they have here in building an amazing church right here in Bernie. And it's, uh, it's my honor. It really is my honor to be here today and to be a part of um, of what you guys do on the weekend. So thank you so much for allowing that. And um, I'm blessed today to be able to pick up in this story or in this series um, of frequency, cutting through the noise of, of God trying to speak to us. And I, I want to talk to you today um, in, in some ways that God speaks to us. 
and how he speaks to us. And, and last week, Pastor Mitch gave you some tools, some practical tools of, to look at and say, okay, God, if you're speaking, whether I feel you speaking, you know, audible voice in my heart through someone, that, how do I know that this is you? How do I know it lines up? So if, if you missed last week's podcast, I went back and listened to it. It's, it's, it's a message you need to hear if you, have not, if you have not heard that. But I want to pick up on a scripture Pastor Mitch used last week. In John chapter 10, verse 3 and through 5, and it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. And the metaphor here is, is God being, being our shepherd and us being his sheep. And it says, He calls his own sheep by name. God knows your name. He knows where you're at. He knows what's going on in your world. He's not disconnected from you. And and he leads them out. He's leading you somewhere. God has a plan for your life. He's leading you somewhere. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. God, God's taking care of you. He's taking the steps before you. Some of you, you're nervous about stepping into what's next into your life. And you need to know that God is already going ahead of you. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. His sheep follow him. Be, why? Because they know his voice. And I, today I want to talk to us that, that God is calling us to a place to hear his voice and not follow all the other voices. Because you have a lot of other voices competing for your attention competing for your time, competing to give you the direction you think you need to go. And we need to set ourselves up and set ourselves in position and set ourselves to a frequency to hear God's voice in our life. And today I want you to understand that God is speaking to you personally, personally. And that some would say that God has stopped speaking. And there are people that, that live by that, that, that thought process. And some would say that, that God is no longer speaking to people. And some would say that when the Bible was completed, when it was canonized, when it was, when it was kind of tidied up and said, okay, here's the book, here's the Holy Bible, here's what's done. Some would say God quit speaking at that time. And I'm here to tell you today that that is simply not true. We still have a speaking God. And one of the things that, that we've said throughout this series is that it's not that God has a speaking problem, it's that we have a listening or a hearing problem. And last week, as Pastor Mitch told you, there are times that God will speak into your life, He'll speak into your heart, He'll speak into your spirit, He'll speak to you through other people. But like Pastor Mitch said, you need some tools, and this, this book is one of those tools. And God's speaking to you, God's voice will always match God's word. It will not contradict it. If someone's speaking to you contrary to what this book says, then that's not God speaking. That's the wrong frequency. That's the wrong way to go. But God is still speaking in our lives. And sometimes we have this misconception about God and that he's so far away, that he's trying to catch me misbehaving. And we need to understand that God is not distant, that he's not mad at you, He's not looking at you trying to figure out a way to criticize you and tear you down. And that he's not far away, that he's just waiting, just, just trying to find some way to, to catch me doing wrong. But no, he's up close and he's personal. He wants a relationship with you. How do I know that? Matthew chapter 1. It's, uh, it's a, a scripture we read around the Christmas story, but it holds true for you and I today. 
Matthew 1, verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. That sounds like a personal God to me. That doesn't sound like a God who wants to be disconnected. That doesn't sound like a God who wants to take a step back and just kind of watch and well, they're, they're doing wrong again. I think I'll just kind of hang out over it. No, 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 no. He wants to be all up in your world. He wants to be in the middle of what's happening in your world. He wants to be in the middle of your mess. He wants to be in the middle of your good times. He wants to be in the middle of your good days. He wants to be in the middle of your bad days. God wants to be with you. And we need to understand why God speaks to us. Why, why would God even want to speak in our world? Why would, why would we want to get on this frequency to hear what God has to say, this personal God? What, why would I want to hear what he has to say? And I believe one of the first reasons we'll look at today, if you're taking notes, one of the first reasons is because God speaks to facilitate relationship. Relationship. And too many people don't see God this way. Too many times we overlook this and and I'll tell you where we really see this play out is in prayer, is in prayer. And sometimes we're just not sure how to talk to God. We're a little bit nervous about what do we say to the creator of the universe. And I just don't know. So maybe if I try this way or I try that way. And, and so we kind of, sometimes we end up in this confused state trying to talk to God. And we think that it's more eloquent if we will speak in King James Bible English. And so it's, oh God, thou knowest allest thingest, going onestest in my lifest. Please somehow show up in the middle of it all and do something bad to them because they're on my nerves. And God, I come back and we begin to speak. And, and folks, we just need to realize God's not from England, first of all, so it's okay. So just talk to him. Here's the thing. God created you. We forget that sometimes. God created you. He knows your ability. He knows the ability that you have to, to speak to him, to pray to him, to communicate with him, to have relationship with him. And there are some days that he's just watching, stepping back, just watching, going, well, that's, that's cute. And I mean, that I, I hear them. They're just, if they would just be them. If they would just be them. You know, it's kind of like that friend. That, that, you know, we've all had it through, throughout life that, you know, when they're with this person, they talk this way, they act this way, and they try to communicate and sound smarter than they really are. And then they come back over here, and then they talk this way, and then it's just a whole other way. And, then, and, and, just, and you're, finally, you're just like, just, just be you. Just be you. And there for some of you, God just wants you to be you. When he, and when you talk to him, understand that prayer is just simply a conversation between you and your creator. And it may be very simple. I'm going to tell you right now, if people were to stop and listen to me pray, they'd be like, he does what? He's a, he's a what? He's a pastor? Really? Really? God, you, you, you called him. I heard him pray. I'm not sure he qualifies. That's all right. I'm just being me. I'm just being me. God knows who I am. God knows how I communicate with him. And so God speaks to us to facilitate a relationship with us. I believe another reason God speaks to us is to give us guidance, to give us guidance. Because God sees the end of the road that you're on. And he wants to redirect you some days from a bad decision. And there's relationships he knows that they are not going to end well in your life. 
and he's trying to redirect you and re, kind of move you over. He's trying to change lanes, and you keep fighting him, and you keep pulling back over. And, and God says, you just, just get in the left lane, get in the left lane, because you, you, you headed somewhere, you know, you need to take this turn, because if you keep going this way, and, there's, and, and he wants to give you guidance in your life, because God knows the end from the beginning. But here's the tension about guidance. Here's the tension with it is that if God is guiding you away from something, you're probably not going to agree with him because you already think you're on the right road. You think you should be going this way. But God sees what's ahead. And so when God begins to guide, it kind of hurts a little bit. Like, nah, but God, I, like, yeah, but I see what's about to happen. I see over the hill. I see around the curve. I see what's next. And we keep, we keep pushing, and God's saying, just let me guide you. And it's in these moments that we need to learn to trust God. And let me show you a scripture on this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. The wisest man in the world said it this way, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. Why? He's the one who will keep you on track. God is going to keep you on track. So everywhere I'm going and everything I'm doing, I need to listen for God's guidance in my life. That's why he wants to speak to me. Another reason God wants to speak to you is to provide you perspective. Perspective. Sometimes we lose perspective. And God wants to speak into your world. He wants you to dial into that frequency so he can have a relationship with you, so that he can give you guidance, and that he can give you perspective in your life. Because not everything that you are seeing is actually what's going on. And I believe that this series kind of hinges on some of this on this topic and this idea right here. Because when we dial into the frequency, we're hearing God's voice, and we need to understand that what we see in the natural is not the only thing happening. What we see with our physical eyes is not the only thing going on. That there are spiritual and eternal things happening in my life. And I must be on the right frequency. I must cut through the noise and let God speak into my life so he can give me the eternal perspective, the spiritual perspective. And there are decisions that we're trying to make in the natural, and God's trying to speak supernatural. And there's, there's, there's decisions we're trying to make in the physical, and God's trying to speak into our lives and give us perspective of the eternal. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, he says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And sometimes you need to, you need to put listening ahead of seeing. And there are times that we have to walk by what we can't see and walk by what God is speaking to us. I heard a story a few weeks ago, I think brings this um, brings this perspective into perspective. And it's, it dates back to 1982. Now, for some of you, you know, you long for the days of 82, and some of you are like, my God, that was so long ago. People are old that even know what was happening in 1982. That's all right. I was, I was alive and... It was a good year. It was a good year. But this is, this is one of those times of the year. It's a mid, mid-October afternoon, and I love it when this happens. I love it when the sports world timelines overlap. You know, when football 
is starting and baseball is wrapping up and then you get it with basketball and baseball. And there's these perfect times of the year that, that, that you know, you just, just, the good sports are on. And then somewhere, hockey just pops in all the time. I have no idea. With like a season on hockey, I don't get it. I can turn sports center on. We'd be celebrating the Super Bowl and, some, and then a hockey is a top 10 play. I'm like, how did that happen? Baseball season, going good, top 10, this is fun, then a hockey play. I'm like, where did this come from? Do, do they ever do they ever take off? I have no idea. Obviously, I'm not a hockey fan. But, but this was one of those times. That mid-October afternoon, 1982, 60,000 fans are gathered to watch their football team, the University of Wisconsin Badgers. Any Wisconsin Badgers fans? Yeah, that's what I thought. I figured we were far enough south for that. And the Badgers are going to take on the Michigan State Spartans in, the fo- in their football game. And so watching the game unfold on their home field, the Badgers fans are roaring with anticipation of a win. But unfortunately, Wisconsin quickly began to trail the Spartans. And they began to fall behind in this football game. And the home crowd is going nuts. And the Badgers are losing terribly. And the story gets so strange because the further behind the home team, the Wisconsin Badgers are falling, the louder the fans were getting. And they shouted more. They clapped with more intensity. It made no sense. At this point, the Wisconsin team and the coaches are scratching their head. They're stunned, and they're trying to figure out something's wrong with all of our fans. It made no sense as they listened to their fans scream with passion while they were losing so badly. But here's what they didn't know. And the players on the field didn't know it. The coaches didn't know it. But many of the fans were listening to portable radios. And about 70 miles away, the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team were beating the St. Louis Cardinals in game four of the World Series. And so every time the the Brewers made a good play, the fans would go nuts. Every time a hit was made, a defensive play was made, and as they continued to, to win in this game four of the World Series, the fans would go nuts. Here's what was happening. The fans in the Wisconsin Badgers football game, they were seeing defeat in front of them, but they were listening to victory. They were responding to what they were hearing, not what they were seeing. And there are times in your life that you're going to be in a fight, and you don't need to, what you're seeing, don't let that hinder what God wants you to hear and speak into your life. There's times when God is speaking that you need to hear what he's saying instead of focus on what you see in front of you. We walk by faith, not by sight. And there are going to be times in this church, and you guys get a front row seat to it, that God is going to speak, be speaking to you to take this move, take, go this direction. Let's see this happen. And as a church, we're going to look around and say, I don't understand. I don't know. I can't figure this out. But we're going to move forward. Why? Because we hear the voice of God speaking victory in our lives, even though what we see looks like defeat in front of us. 
And you may be up against a situation right now in your life where it looks hopeless, where it looks, where it looks like you should be just consumed with fear and worry and anxiety. And maybe you are right now. Maybe you're losing sleep at night over something because of what you see. But what I want to challenge you today, before you leave today, tune in to the frequency God is speaking, cut through the noise, and hear the voice of victory speaking into your world. It matters the perspective, and God wants to speak to you so that you will have this perspective in your life. Because sometimes we fall in the trap of believing everything we see, and we miss what God is saying to us. But how does God speak? How does he speak to us? The Bible shows us many ways that God speaks. And I want to share one with you today out of the Old Testament of your Bible, and I believe this is how God speaks to us most often. And it's a story in the Old Testament about the, the old prophet named Elijah. And he's just had an incredible victory. And then he, he, he goes into a depression, and he's hiding, and he's feeling like he's worthless, and God speaks to him. And then we're going to pick it up in 1 Kings. It's in the Old Testament of your Bible, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. And check this out. The Lord said, and he tells him, because Elijah's hiding in this cave now, he says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. So he walks out. Okay, God, you have my attention. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. I'm going to tell you right now, if God makes the wind blow hard enough that rocks begin to shatter, he has my attention. I'm going to listen to what he has to say. <clears throat> it says, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then the earth, after the earthquake, there came a fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. So the wind is blown hard enough to tear rocks apart. The earth begins to quake. Fire begins to fall. And the scripture is unfolding this incredible story for us. And God's saying, I wasn't in all of that noise. Then it says, after the fire came a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. One translation says, a still, small voice. And what I want to talk to us today about for a few moments is we need to learn to recognize the whispers of God in our life. That, that God's not always going to speak to us through the earthquake and through the wind and through the, through the fire and through the noise. But so many times God is going to speak into your world in just that still, small voice. Why, why, do, why does God so often speak to us in whispers? Because when someone speaks in a whisper, you have to get very close to hear them. In fact, you almost have to put your ear to their mouth. We lean in towards a whisper. And I want to tell you today, that's what God wants from us. The goal of hearing God speak to us and hearing his voice just is not, it's not just so we can simply hear his voice, but it's about intimacy with him. He speaks in a whisper because he wants to be as close to us as divinely possible. And when he whispers in your world, it causes you to pause, and it causes you to lean in, and it causes you to draw close to him. And I believe that as we talk through this series, in this frequency series of hearing from God, that there are days in our life that we need to make sure we lean in to hear what God is speaking to us. You're taking notes today, the first, I believe one of the first things that he speaks and he whispers into our life is he whispers encouragement. 
encouragement. How many of you ever had a bad day? You had a bad day? Okay. Well, some of you, you're on some really good medication or you're lying. I don't know. But we all have a bad day. We all have that moment. We all have that, that opportunity where somebody comes along and just wrecks our good day. Now, some of you have identified that person at work, and either you, you're out to get them or you avoid them, I, one way or the other. But how, whatever your motive is, I'll let you and God work that out. But you know what it's like to have a bad day, somebody getting to you. So get discouraged. You get down. And I want you to understand that God is right there speaking to you. God's not yelling at you. He's not trying to correct you. He's not, you know, holding a Bible up, slapping you over the head. If you just read this more, you'd be better. If you just go to church one more time, you'd be, no, 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 no. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, this scripture began, uh, I came across this a few weeks ago, and it, it has made a huge impact in me, and I want, to, I want to show you why. Because the Holy Spirit speaks to us how deep in our heart, deep in our heart, whispers to us deep in our spirit and our soul. And what, what, is, what is he telling us? That we are God's children, that, that I am his. And there are some days that I just need that simple reminder and it's not in the chaos and in the noise of everything happening. But I need that reminder. God whispering into my life, whispering encouragement, saying, hey, hey, you're, you're, you're still mine. And that I understand that I'm still his child. I'm still in his family. I'm still in his house. And when, when my boys or when my wife, Jennifer, when they're feeling down or discouraged or having a bad day, I'm not looking for ways to condemn them, to make them feel worse. I'm looking for ways to encourage them, to lift them up, know they're loved, know they're cared for. And God is doing the same for you. He wants to encourage you and lift you up much greater than we can in our human ability. Let me show you this from, from the Old Testament again of your Bible, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 55 and verse 3. He says, pay attention, come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving life-nourishing word. And you need to know today, and you know this because you're here every week. And if this is your first day here at, at City Hills, you need to understand you are in a life-giving, life-nourishing church. That words of life are going to be spoken over to you today. You know, this church is not looking for ways to, to beat you up and to tear you up. You get enough of that all week long. And as my pastor, Pastor Jonathan, says that, that, that people live in enough hell all week long, they need a little bit of heaven on Sunday when they walk in on here, walk in here. And that's what you have in this church right here, is you have a little bit of heaven you get to walk into. Life-giving, life-nourishing. But he said, I'm making a lasting, look what he says, a lasting covenant commitment with you. And he said, it's the same that I made with David. Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to go read a few stories from King David and know that he had, he had a few uh-ohs. He had a few bumps and bruises. He had a couple of things he's probably not, he wasn't so proud of. Yeah, he had, you know, there, there was some areas of his life that, ah, we, we need to, you know, we need to hide, hide your wife and hide your kids because they don't need to hear this part of the story. Matter of fact, your wife may not be saved. Go hide her anyway. King David's coming around. And look what God is saying. He said, it's sure, it's a solid, enduring love. And God wants to speak the same covenant to you today. And I, I believe there's, there's three words here that I can, or three phrases I want to share with you that I believe that God's speaking to you. As he, as he whispers encouragement to you today. And he knows what you've done, but he still loves you. You say, but why in the world? I'll tell you, because the first reason is this, because he says, you are my child. 
And for some of you today, you need to hear that whispered into your life. And you need to know that God, God loves you. He's, he's not putting you up for adoption. He's not kicking you out of the house. He's not sending you down the road. He's not telling you good luck, get out, good luck, go, go figure it. No, 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 no. You are his child. And the second thing he wants you to hear loud and clear today is simply these three powerful words that I love you. You say, oh, that's very simple. It's very simple until you need to hear it. And, and we know how it feels when we tell someone we love them, but we love it even more when someone we love tells us how much they love us. And God wants you to know today that he loves you. And I think this last phrase is the one that, that, that we have a hard time with. And he wants you to know today that he's proud of you. He's whispering encouragement in your life. He wants you to know, I'm proud of you. And you, you possibly would say, how could God be proud of me? Did you see last week? For some of you, maybe, God, did you see last night? Wherever you're at, that's okay. God wants you to know, he's, and let me tell you why he's proud of you. Because he doesn't see you through the lens of what you are doing, but he sees you through the lens of who you are becoming. Not what you've done, not what your past says you are, but who he says you are, who you are becoming, what you can be, what you will be, and what God sees in you. He says, I'm proud of you. And it matters. It matters when we know God cares about us like this. The second thing he whispers to us is warnings. He whispers warnings in our lives. Acts chapter 16 and verse 6 and 7. And this is so interesting if you really take a look at this. And this is, the apostles are traveling and they're preaching Jesus. They're going city to city, place to place, town to town. And they're telling people about Jesus. And they have the best of everything because people are being saved. The church is growing, but they also have the worst of everything. They're getting stoned, rocks thrown at them, people, people tearing them up, tearing them down, trying to throw them in jail. All of this is happening to them. And so, man, they're just, they're just living it out. And they were going into a place, and this is what the Scripture says. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And they keep going to these other places. The last part says the Spirit did not permit them. Now, now wait a minute. So you're telling me that preaching Jesus is now a bad thing? Because that's, that's basically what the Scripture is saying. Forbid them to go. Stop them from going. So how could it be that me preaching Jesus is a terrible thing? What the Spirit knew is we had to stop them from going because there are people there that want to kill them and that would stop them in their, in their quest of what they were doing for God. And what may have seemed like a good opportunity, the Spirit spoke in their life. God spoke in their life and whispered a warning and said, whoa, 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 no, 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 we're not going to go there yet. Don't. And there are some of you today, you need to understand that you have some opportunities in your life and you you alone have, have reconciled that this is the best opportunity. Haven't, you haven't invited God in the equation yet, and you've decided this is the best opportunity, and God's just speaking a warning, saying, no, 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 whoa, whoa, don't, don't, don't go through that door. I know it looks like a good thing, but it could be the thing that kills you. I know this looks like a good thing, but that could be the thing that kills your marriage. I know this looks like a good thing, but this could be the thing that kills a relationship with your kids. I know that seems like a good opportunity, then you got a little bit of reservation, then maybe right now we hold on to the reservation. And there's God, he wants to speak warning into our life. I have a good friend, Pastor Benit June, who's uh, in Haiti, and uh, Pastor Mitch knows him well. Maybe some of you are familiar with him as well, but... He, uh, he's been there, I've been friends with him for 20, about 22 years now. 
And in 2010, when the earthquake hit in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and demolished the city and demolished surrounding areas, uh, Pastor Benit was in a, a master's, uh, he's finished up his master's degree, and he was in a, in a college classroom in downtown Port-au-Prince. And he said when the earthquake hit, that the, the building began to shake, and then the concrete began to rain down. Most all of their buildings there are built out of concrete. And it began to rain down, uh, you know, sprinkling down as it was breaking apart. And he said he jumped up, scared for his life. He's on the second story of this three-story building, and he jumps up, scared for his life, and runs to the door and grabs the doorknob. And he said he's trying to turn it to go out. He said, and he feel, he, he said, God spoke to me and said, let go of the door, go back to your seat. Folks, this makes no sense. Because the last place I want to be in an earthquake is inside of a concrete building. He said, but he obeyed the warning and the whisper of God in his life. He let go of the door handle and he backed up and he sat down in his seat. What he didn't know is, is the outside, had he stepped out, the outside of the landing had already, had already fallen off. He would have fallen to his death along with the concrete crushing him. Because when he sits back in his seat, the building collapsed. It collapsed. And the way the concrete beams had been poured and fitted, where he sat, when the building collapsed, it created like a little cave for him and saved his life. He watched, unfortunately, the person in front of him die and crushed to death. He watched the person, two people in front of, two in front of them die. And he turned and he prayed and as the person behind him took their last, last breath. And for the next several hours, he spent punching with his bare fist, punching out an 18-inch hole to get out of the concrete and, and fell, basically jumped down from that second story. It would make sense to you and I to grab the door handle and get out. But God whispered into his life, and he did something that didn't make, quite make sense, but it saved his life. And there are times that the Spirit of God will whisper into your world, and it is going to save your life when you listen to it. And there's times you're thinking, I'm going to back up and sit down in this building that's about to collapse. And God's saying, that's all right. I've got a little spot carved out for you, and I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to keep my hand on you, and you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, he said, whether you turn to the right or to the left, he said, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it, and we need to be tuned in and cut through the noise and be on the frequency where God can whisper in our life, and He, we can hear that voice saying, go this way, walk this way, turn left, turn right, go straight, and God will lead you and guide you if you will let him. The third thing that he does, I believe, when he whispers in our life is he whispers direction. He whispers direction. He's guiding us, and he's going to give us clear direction, because when you're looking for direction, you need to involve God in the process. Don't make the decision, then pray about it some months later and pray God to bless the decision that you made, then it falls through and it don't work out. And you tell everyone, well, I prayed about it and I guess God just had other plans. God's sitting there going, you never asked me the first time about it. You made the dumb decision and asked me to go fix it. And we're all guilty of that one. We're all guilty of that one. Wives, you can't elbow right now. Anyway, no, we'll, we'll move on, but. We've all made dumb decisions, and there's moments in our life that 
God is trying to give us direction, and we're not involving him in the process. Luke chapter 2, verse 27, the story of Simeon, and I went back and read it this morning just to, just to catch up on it. And this is, Jesus had just been born, and Simeon was headed another direction, and the Spirit this is what it says in verse 27. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And let me tell you why it matters that Simeon goes back into the temple courts. Because there's going to be a little girl by the name of Mary with a man by the name of Joseph with her. And they're going to hand him a baby. And the baby's name is going to be Jesus. And Simeon is in the place to pray the first blessing over this God child named Jesus. God was directing his steps in his direction. And there are blessings God wants to put in your hands and God wants to put in your life that you need to listen to the voice of God and put you in the right place at the right time and things are going to land in your hands and you're going to be blessed with a miracle and you're going to be able to be a part of something that changes the world. Your direction matters. And God will get very specific with you if you will listen. And if you will put yourself in a posture to listen, when we decided to move to San Antonio 10 years ago now to help plant uh, our North Rock Church with Pastor Jonathan and Alicia, we had three other opportunities that were, that were telling us, hey, come here, go do this, come with us, this will be more fun. And I'm like, oh, no way, we're going to San Antonio. We don't know anybody, and we're going to start a church with nobody. Eleven people showed up, and we, we knew all them to the very first time we met. And we're going to do, and God's going to do amazing things. That sounds like a plan. Well, what, how are you going to eat? I don't have a clue. Well, where are you going to live? I don't know. Y'all kind of heard a similar story a while ago from Pastor Mitch. But we stepped out in faith. But here's what I know. I could have taken any of the other directions that I wanted to. But we involved God in the process early on because Jennifer and I wanted to make sure that we made the right decision for us. We made the right decision for our boys. More importantly, we made the right decision for what God was calling us to do. And there, I'm saying today I could be stuck in a little town in southeast Texas. I could be in south Louisiana. I could be in north Louisiana. And rumor had it I could even could have been stuck in Austin, Texas at one point at this. But God gave us direction, and we were clear, and we were listening for his clear voice. Why? Because we involved him in the process. God wants to give you direction in your life. Involve him in the process. And I close with this, the fourth thing that I believe God whispers, and I think this is the one that resonates in our heart, is he whispers dreams. He whispers dreams in our life. And there are some God-sized and God-whispered dreams that God wants you to live out. He wants you to live out. And you need to know today that nothing will determine your destiny more than your ability to hear his still, small voice. Because that's how God-sized dreams are birthed. That's how miracles happen. That's how miracles happen. Job chapter 33, verse 14, he said, For God speaks again and again. God's still speaking. He's speaking to you again and again, though people don't recognize it. He speaks in dreams and in visions of the night. And I believe God is speaking some dreams into your world. I believe God is, is speaking dreams that, that he's birthing inside of you. And you're, 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 you're trying to dial in, and you, you want to cut through the noise, and you, you, you want to hear why God is speaking. You want to hear how he's speaking. 
And I want you to know today that God will, will speak and whisper into your life and put something inside of you to be the solution in the midst of all this madness and this chaos going on around us. Your, your role in the, in the, in the church in, in these last days is to be the solution and not a statistic. It's to be a light in this dark world. And maybe for some of you today, God's whispering to you right now, and he's whispering some dreams to you. And he's telling you it's time for you to go all in. Go all in. It's time for you to, to, to go all in with your relationship with Jesus. It's time for you to take that step. You hear him talk about growth track every week. I'm, I'm stepping into it. I'm going to see what God has for me there. I want to be a part of this dream team. I want to be a part of the front lines and get a front row seat on this church of seeing God change lives. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to, get a, I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in in everything God has for me. And when I go all in, God, I'm going to give you my best. Maybe that's what he's whispering to you. Give God your best. God, I'm going to give you my best of my time. I'm going to give you my best of my talent. I'm going to give you the best of my finances. God, I'm going to give you the best of the abilities you've given me to serve out through the local church. And in, in my world, I'm going to give you my best. And then language you're very familiar with in this house. God's telling you to go make a difference. He's whispering in your world. It's time for you to make a difference. It's time for you to serve. It's time for you to, for you to give. It's time for you to invite. It's time for you to bring. Because there are people around you in your world that need to hear this life-giving, life-nourishing message that happens every week, every weekend right here at City Hills, that happens throughout the week, that happens in your life, how God has rearranged you, how God has turned you around. Somebody else needs to hear that. And it's time for you to step into it and say, God, I hear you whispering, and I'm going to make a difference in someone's life. So what do we, what do we need to do that? What, how, do, how do we get there? I'll tell you what we need. We need, a, we need a posture, an attitude that says this. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Because I'm open to hear. That phrase comes from the Old Testament book of your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and God speaking to Samuel, calling him, calling him into ministry. And this is what Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. For your servant is listening. My prayer for you today is that you begin to listen to a God that is still speaking. I'll share a story with you. Uh, several years ago, um, along with ministry over the last 20 plus years in my life, um, from up until about four years ago, I was I always had a, a business going as well. And my family were entrepreneurs and um, we were in the heavy equipment construction business and my dad and I traveled extensively together all over uh, in, that, in that world, buying and selling heavy equipment. And, um, and unfortunately, he passed away four and a half years ago, very unexpectedly. And I have so many great memories of my father, and this is, this is one of them. And we were, we, were in, we were in South Mississippi. We're headed to an auction in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and to an equipment auction. And we stopped at a little roadside 
diner, hole in the wall, greasy spoon, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's one of those places that when you pray, you know, you pray, you know, blessing over your food. Like, you really need to start praying for a miracle because the heart attack on your plate is not nourishment for your body. You need God to, like, you know, it's a water to wine situation. God, we need you to, like, change everything happening because this, this, is, this is going to get me one day. But it's, you know, best food in the South you can get, one of those types. And so we're there, and, and we, we're eating, and my dad had a knack for starting conversation with, with people. And so the waitress was there, and he's, um, he's conversing with her back. We're getting a little bit of her story, and we found out a little bit about her. She was telling us, you know, kind of her life story a little bit. And so as we get ready to leave, dad said, watch this. And so we paid our tab, and we're walking out. And he reaches back in his wallet, and he takes a $100 bill out, and he lays it on the table. And he said, come on, let's go to the truck. And so we go to the truck, and we're on our way out to the truck. And we're about to get in, and he's trying to, he's kind of trying to beat her. I, I knew what he was doing. And, and we hear this young girl behind us screaming and crying, saying, sir, sir, is, is this an accident? This, this, did you do this on purpose? This is an accident. You, you left this. And he said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, that's, that, that, that's for you. That's for you. And she began to cry, and she began to tell us such an amazing story. And she said, I have a baby at home, and she told us about a need with this baby. And she said, I, I, I prayed, and I didn't even know if it would work. And I didn't even know if God would care. And she said, but this is what I needed. And when we got in the truck, we shut the doors, and Dad told me, he said, I felt like God spoke to me. While we were in that restaurant, to do that for her. He said, I don't know why. We didn't know that part of the story. He said, but I just followed what I felt like God speaking or whispering to him. And I'm here to tell you today that God loved a young girl in South Mississippi so much. He allowed this old man from Texas to supply the need in her life. And God was listening and God was speaking. And I'm here to tell you today, that's the kind of God I'm talking about. And God is speaking into your life so that you can make a difference in someone else's life. And you have, you have a dream inside of you. And God's speaking and whispering it into you and dropping it into you to make a difference.